Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hello. Welcome to One Media, One Media. It is still goth month or oh my goth month. And we're still reviewing goth albums and goth animes. I am Takeshi, and with me I have Santos. And this week, we are going to review The Devil is a Part-Timer, which I hate to say it. This is like a guilty pleasure kind of a thing for me because I watch it at least once a month just to kind of feel nostalgic for it and stuff. I didn't know that. I Yeah, yeah, I watch it all the time. <sighs> I get it. I don't even know why. I just kind of go back and I watch it. Just because I miss watching it. I miss the characters. And unfortunately, it's only 13 episodes. But, but, there's a whole lot of manga and it's still going on. Oh, but why won't they make more anime? I have no clue. I watched the last episode twice. Because I was like, this can't be the last episode. (laughs) I'll watch it again. And then I was like, it is the last episode. And then I tried to find a second season. And there wasn't. I was confused. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I have no clue. I have no clue. Not more. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. So let's go through some of the information here. Started off as a light novel first. And that was released in February 2011. And it's still going on. And there's 26 volumes of this. And also the manga is 16 volumes, and it's still going on. And that was released a year later. And there is also The Devil is a Part-Timer High School Edition, and that's five volumes. And it was released in May 2012, and it went to February 2015, And then the anime, which we're going to talk about, was released April 4th, 2013 to June 27th, 2013. And it's only 13 episodes. And there's still another part of manga, which is called, oh my goodness, why did they do this to me? Hadoko Kuru Maru-sama no Meshi. And that just came out in August 28th of 2019 and still going on. Do they intend to have more anime episodes or nope? Probably not. It's unfortunate. So we're going to have to read the manga or the light novel to find out what's going on, if you're really curious. It was so well done. It was written by someone named Satoshi Wagahara, and there's no information about this person, really. (laughs) According to Wiki, this is the only thing they work on, is just devil's a part-timer. Doing a little Google search right now, and <laughs> there's nothing much about this person. It sounds like there's a lot of material to work with. Yeah. It sounds like there's no reason not to have more episodes or seasons. I'm wondering if the manga has the same tone as the anime. Like, do I want to? Does it? I think it the, does. It's got to. It's great. You have to talk about the plot, and then I'll say what I like about it. When I first watched it on Netflix, It had the English dub and the Japanese subs. And for some reason, the subtitles were way messed up. And when they were in the demon realm, the Anti-Isla, they didn't show the subtitles for that. And they only showed it for the English dubs, which was really weird. So for the plot of this, there's this big old battle in Anti-Isla where there is still magic, demons, and there is the actual demon lord, King Satan, 
and the humans are finally able to take over the world and defeat Satan and Lucifer. And so Satan opens up a portal and says, I'll be back and I'll destroy all you humans. And he ends up going into today, like in Japan, to this world, which has no magic, but people know what it is. So they come out not as like these weird beastly looking demons with horns and stuff. They come out as human beings instead. And instead of him trying to take over the world, he gets a part-time job at something called McRonald's instead. And that's what I love about this anime. Because it's so good. To justify that it is goth, he was the demon lord. <laughs> and his one of his roommates is Lucifer. It's the demon lord and his servant. LCL. LCL, yeah. So they acquire new names. And all the right paperwork. It's really funny because they're so by the book about how to live on Earth. And in like they learn about Japan and Tokyo. And yes. and then they realize, oh, we need money. So <laughs> he gets a part-time job. And it is the best. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And so, of course, the hero that defeated the devil, or King Satan, comes through the portal, too. She was going to try to kill him or make sure he wasn't going to get in any trouble. And so she gets a part-time job as a telemarketer instead. It's like customer service. Oh, my God. And the thing is, it seems like Sadao and his roommates, LCL, they kind of learn about humanity. And they get humanity, too. Which I don't think they ever understood how humans worked when they were in anti-Isla. And that's what's so good about the series. And that's why I watch it all the time. And it's just so goofy. Yeah, there's like a campiness to it, too. I mean, how goth can you be? You're the ultimate dark lord, but you work at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> and he's good at it. Like, yeah, he takes pride excellent. in his work. And he's like, I'm moving up. Like, <laughs> just like very proud of himself for promotions. Because he's going to take over. Like, there's this... He's not... E- That's what was interesting is that when he enters the world as a human... He doesn't have as many powers. He's almost no powers at certain points. He uses it up. He can replenish it, but for certain things. But for the most part, it just kind of goes and he doesn't have any access to it. So he ended up having, like you said, a lot of like all of a sudden empathy for humans. It's like, oh, like this is how they live or this. And he and seemed to enjoy it. Like he seemed to enjoy not having to run a whole demon empire anymore. <laughs> right, right. And one of my favorite things about this series is whenever there is a big, huge battle that gets destroyed, he always makes sure that nobody gets injured. And then he wastes all his magic to go back to Ente Isla to actually fix everything. <laughs> yeah, I noticed it too. It's like, oh, like he's like, I used up all my magic to fix these buildings and freeways that got destroyed in the battle. And it's like, oh, and then he ran out so he couldn't go back home technically. And then it's not as easy in the other world at first you think, oh, it's good and evil, and that's it. But then it gets complicated. It's just as complicated there as it is here, where there's corruption and... Exactly. You know, so I thought that was interesting. So it is kind of playing around with these ideas of like, what is good? What is evil? And where Amelia comes in, she is the ultimate hero. Of course, I said before, she's part angel, so she could carry this one sword. I can't remember the name of the sword. 
like sacred sword. Oh, it wasn't like it was a sacred sword. I feel like That's it didn't what, have yeah. that fancy it was, name. Yeah, it, it was a sacred sword. She could wield and bear the sacred sword to defeat Satan. And the way she got raised, it was all through corruption. And she didn't really know that until she made it to Earth and found out all about it later. And then she hates King Satan for all the corrupt things that he did. But then she finds out that it wasn't him who did some of those things. And it was actually the people who raised her and trained her. Yeah, and I like how she notices she's stalking him because, like, we said she came through the portal to just demolish him so he wouldn't come back and, you know, oh, ruin their, right. their world. But then it's like she's tracking him and realizing he's not doing anything bad. And if anything, he's become nice. Like he does nice things. And so she struggles with her own ideas around him and then of forgiveness as well, because here this being has changed into such a different type of person that she can't let go of like all the damage he did in the past though. Like it's kind of her internal struggle. Right, right. And I love the first episode where LCL and King Satan come through the portal and they bump into these cops and they're like, oh, hey, come on, come on. We're going to take you in. You shouldn't be cosplaying right now. And they try to do magic on him and go, lowly human, <laughs> and nothing happens. And the next thing you know, yes. they end up in the police car. And, yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really know what food is, like, because demons didn't really have to oh, eat. Oh, that's right. Oh, my favorite, there's this stupid line in this where <laughs> so dumb. There's like a rival restaurant opens across the street. Oh. <laughs> and, and he asked LCL to do some, you know, like investigating on it. And he goes, they serve organic coffee. And he's like, coffee made from ogres. <laughs> <I> Stop <couldn't laughs> laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so coffee dumb. made from so, ogres? That's what yeah, like, like, he's, he's taking it serious too. Exactly. Like, God, that's these brilliant. weird, campy, like ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. dumb humor. And then his coworker is like this 16 year old, like super cute girl who's in love with him. And she's just adorable. <laughs> and so she wants his attention so bad. Right, right. Oh, that's so funny. I, I forgot about that one part. <laughs> and the angel that he has to battle, he's like this total pervert too. Yeah. And this, yeah. Yeah. And Creep. so this series is kind of in between where they don't give you much fan service, which that means to me TNA or mm-hmm. anything, but it was during that era where they were just going overboard on it around that time when this was released and before it was just mostly for boys. It was just all this overboard TNA nonstop. I was like, okay. You know, and this one, there is some, but it's done in a campy way. Like, it's stupid. Like, it's like tongue-in-cheek almost. Like, it's like, we know we're doing this. Felt like it was making fun of that sort of thing because Chi is, like, very busty. Look at that dress. It's so good. Oh, oh, my God. Those are so big. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the girls are more obsessed with the girl's body than the boys. That's what was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, where the boys seem completely oblivious. Yeah, and I like how they're very like the devil or Sadao, which I didn't get the joke on that because I don't know Japanese names, but I guess it's an old-fashioned It's old-fashioned name, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was funny that they kind of said that. It's like, oh, I wonder what the equivalent would be for here, you know, like how old-fashioned it was. (laughs) But um, she's very much like 
still a leader in the sense that if you work with him, even in the fast food <laughs> restaurant, you're under his charge and he's yeah. going to protect you. And so that's just super funny like to see that play out. That it's like, yeah. you messed with his co-worker. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I love for his final battle. I'd hate, I'm going to have ruined this for everybody, but he comes out, he charges the building with a mop. <laughs> yeah. And he takes off his uniform so he doesn't damage it during an off work you know, oh, he yes, didn't so have to pay, have pay for, for his uniform <laughs> if he got torn during battle. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. I needed it this week. It was really nice. It's so lighthearted and silly. And like I said, it's kind of campy and um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. So, And that's why I was like so disappointed there wasn't more. I was like, oh, I could watch them do stupid things all day. <laughs> uh, if they made a series and it went... Till today, it was still going on. I'd still watch it religiously unless they really messed it up somehow along the line. Because yeah. it doesn't wrap up in a way. It doesn't, it, there's not it a cliffhanger at the up, end, but, but it kind of wraps up. I need more. Like, I still need more. I'm like, this can keep developing. Right. And I love the fact that Lucifer is their roommate too. And he's like this teenage brat. <laughs> he's like the computer wizard or whatever. Yeah, he's like yeah, he likes playing his gaming and yeah. he like researches online. And then oh. Elsie had turned into like the housewife because right. he's like trying to cook food and oh, create a well balanced meal. It, yeah, okay. We forgot to mention that the reason why they don't have magic because people don't believe in magic. They know that magic is around, and so for the devil and LCL. And Lucifer to get magic, it feeds off of fear. So whenever there's some type of crazy thing going on, like a like an earthquake or whatever, they take in all this fear and it builds magic for them. Um, so now it actually does go into his Satan form. He's unstoppable. I like how that one guy tried to charge him and he just turned his eye right. He's like, stay there. And it pushes him back even more. Yes. He didn't even have no, to try. Yeah, he's like extremely powerful. But something changed in him when he came to Earth. And they, they don't really dig deep in that, but no. changed enough in him where he didn't want to just cause problems for people in order to just keep getting magic. Like he technically could just terrorize people and get that magic from them, but he utilizes it when it happens, but it's not something he instigates. It kind of makes me curious if that's how he always was, even as Satan and anti Isla. He probably just saw the humans as these bugs and they keep on terrorizing him. So he wants to make sure his world's okay. So he sends these generals out or something. I've watched it mm-hmm. too much. So I always overanalyze it. Right. Now. We're like, we have places to go with this. I do love this. I could see watching it again. Yeah. It, it's very, um, like, I don't know. It's classic. Like, I don't feel like it's dated yeah. or anything. No, the burning question is did Bart like it? <laughs> what do you think of it? <laughs> He thought the art was good. <laughs> he couldn't wrap his brain around why the devil wasn't still evil. <laughs> he wasn't letting it go. I was like, we're going to suspend belief. Yeah, it's a comedy. <laughs> it's, like, it's 
stupid. It's got a job at McDonald's for Christ's sake. I love it. It's McDonald's, <laughs> and they like renamed a bunch of stuff: Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried. That's the name of it. There are some other ones. I can't remember now, but there's different dumb names throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah, one of my favorite episodes is where Lucifer sends them out to the high school because it could be magic over there. And actually, the only reason why he sent them out there was to go get his game machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so good. I was oh my goodness. What do you see? Do you see anything? And they think they're going to be looking for magic or whatever or something, something scary. And he's like, oh, there's a game station. Okay, grab that for me. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. And there's um, the other thing with Amelia, which what's her name there? Emmy? Yeah. Emmy is she's the hero. She's having angels. She comes through, but she came through by herself. So she's strangely drawn to the devil and his (laughs) sidekick because they understand what she's going through, like being new to the world and new to jobs. And and instead of trying to kill her or follow her, they just kind of take her in and just kind of make fun of her. It's like kind of like having a cat instead or something. (laughs) Yeah, they become kind of just like teenage friends, like with bickering and things like that. Did you... So I guess my question would be the landlady. Like there's a landlady, the devil rents a room in this crappy apartment kind of house. And she's weird. Is she magical? She's got to be. They don't go into it. She just says, you better go chase after that girl because blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't mention it. Oh my God. And the jokes with her are so bad. I know it's kind of fat shaming here and there, but when she sends him a picture of her in Hawaii in a bathing suit and it just destroys the devils, They're like, don't yes. do it. Whatever you do. And the picture just slips out. And they, <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I know it's bad. We shouldn't be fat shaming and stuff, but that was no. kind of a funny thing. But it was funny because it's just, they're so dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is definitely a series that if you're into something kind of lighthearted that has something to do with fantasy, yeah, go out and see it. Just don't take it serious in any way and you should like it. I always recommend it to people whenever they ask me for a series that I watch. I I watch this one all the time. Yeah, I agree. And I think if it's the gothy mall, because goth has a campy side. And so this is kind of that. Yeah, exactly. And well, you know this, I've been having the hardest time trying to find a campy goth anime. This always takes itself way too serious or always, I don't know why there's all this weird, gross fan service. I looked through like three or four different animes that one time, like a couple weeks ago and it was all kind of gross, and there was one that was just kind of boring. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was just bad. there was just like <laughs> panty shots all over the place, and yeah. one of them was just very unnecessary too. I can't <laughs> even believe it was on Funimation, actually. Funimation, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. screening. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, if they find that one. All you have to do is look in the little search engine and hit goth, and it's the only video that pops up. Maybe roll my eyes up going, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what is this? Special rating. <laughs> yeah. I watched an episode of Black Butler, and it was such a turnoff. That, oh, really? Yeah, it was just 
Oh, something I so see weird. in our queue. I'm like, oh, he's researching. <laughs> like, what's what's going to be next? So you saw that one. No good. I don't like it. It was on the goth list. We looked up goth anime lists and a couple of sites had like top tens. And, and number so, one was always Black Butler. Yeah. It was that. But you're saying no. Is it goth at least? Yeah. It's just not good. I don't know. I mean, maybe I should give it, watch one more episode or something, but I didn't like it much. It was just kind of twisted and weird and I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like the misunderstanding of what goth is. Like yeah. where things have to be like over the top twisted or gross. It's like, no, that's not No. Goth. I mean, first off, uh let's see, goth music started or as we know it today, in the late seventies, early eighties, and it was just going way overboard. Who was it? Christian Death was a band who just kind of took that glam goth thing and just went this ran with it. And they were kind of one of the first ones to kind of do that, I think. That was like in the early 80s, too. Where when you look at The Cure and Susie and the Banshees, during that time when they were quote-unquote goth, they were playing some pretty lighthearted music. I think I even remember reading an interview with Patricia Morrison from Sisters of Mercy. And she talks about being goth wasn't just about being sad. Like She's like, we had fun. Like We were laughing. We were having a good time. Right, right. Like the aesthetic is one thing, but really it's not like about being gloomy all the time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) some of that gloominess is what makes you happy, so you make something campy out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think the anime side is always kind of missing that part of it. Even though I found a couple other ones, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. It's a bummer because I really think there should be an anime that is more poetic and like emotional. Right. But, you know, like that, those kinds of things that are goth, I could see that being kind of abstract and artistic. And yeah, um, I mean, I guess we could watch that one that we're talking about, about the librarian, but I'm not sure about it. I watched one episode and it just bored me to death. (laughs) It didn't bore (laughs) me. I I couldn't see how it was going to turn out after the first episode. Yeah. I give it the one episode test. Well, because it has to catch you. Like this one, like Devil's a Part-Timer, you can watch the first episode and you're hooked. You're like, yes. Like, you know, yeah. they get right to it. As soon as they make it to Earth, it's just like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> but yeah, everybody go out and watch it. I mean, you have to. <laughs> it's a <Yes>. necessity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. These short teasers are excerpts from comedian Aiden Park's book, The Art of Being Yay. Think self-empowerment with a comedic twist. These are tough times we're all going through. Who couldn't use a little mental health wellness and laughter? For more of The Art of Being Yay, visit AidenPark.com. That's A-I-D-A-N-P-A-R-K.com. Sponsored by The Laugh Cellar and Storygram Podcast Network. Another problem with relying on external conditions for your own happiness is that things are completely out of your control. Has 2020 coronavirus taught you anything? <laughs> Look, I'll talk about me. 2020 was supposed to be my year, okay? I have a political consulting business that I that I work with. <laughs> 
have a lot of side businesses, but um, I have one of those and 2020 was gonna be a huge year for me, you know, doing, um, uh, during the presidential season and uh, the coronavirus shut everything down. So I'm not making any money doing that. This was supposed to be my year. If I was relying on that going right so that I could have money in my bank account so I could be happy while well, I'm screwed. And on some level, everybody's experiencing this. I've seen posts on Facebook. 2020 was the year that I was gonna get married in Milan. Sorry, pandemic, you know. Or, oh, 2020 was gonna be the year that I make it in comedy. Sorry. <laughs> no stages are open, so good luck with that. I actually have a friend who got a new set of, you know, implants. And, <laughs> and, she, and, and the reality is those implants are only as great as they are to be appreciated. So if no one can get close enough to you within six feet to appreciate your new tatas, well, then you wasted your implants for right now, right? I mean, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear the noise, does it really make a sound? I mean, it's the same thing. Like, oh, great, great looking things. You know, nobody's there to appreciate you for it. They told me to stop being un-PC on these posts and be more serious, but I just can't. <laughs> I think I'm too amusing. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Zola Jesus, Astridalum 2. It's actually two, because there was oh. an EP that came out right before called Stridalum. Well, Spotify didn't indicate that. No, they didn't. <sighs> Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. There's only three <laughs> songs on there, though, on the actual EP, which also made it over to Stridalum 2 the actual full-length album. This is her second full-length album. It was released August 23rd of 2010. It is considered art pop or industrial. She produced this album herself and wrote it all. There is not that much information about her or this album, actually. I tried to look it up, and there was not really that much about it. The name was inspired by Gulio. Paradisi, which is a horror film, which came out in 1979. Yeah, like I said, there's not really too much about it. <laughs> what about her? Where is she from? Or? She is from Phoenix, Arizona, and then they ended up moving to Wisconsin. Her parents are first generation with combinations of Russian, German, Slavian, and Ukrainian descent. She ended up going to the University of Wisconsin, and then she moved on and released the album Spoils, which was 2009, and she was kind of gaining some steam, and then she came out with Stratalum. And I'd hate to say it, the one that everybody hates, <laughs> Taiga, where she went kind of pop, I like it the most. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it now. It's like, actually oh, you'll pretty have good. To- you have to play a song off of it yeah. after we do these ones to compare. For sure. Okay, so I had to listen to this three times for it to sink in, and I still don't mm-hmm. have a favorite song out of this. It was because for me, it sounded a little thin, even though there was some textures in there. The drum beat wasn't really in front for most of the album. It was only maybe at the end where there was some where that had more of a driving beat. And then... Her vocals, because I wasn't listening to the lyrics, it was a little one-dimensional for me. An incredible voice, don't get me wrong. I mean, she sounds really good. To me, she sounds kind of like Susie, 
with that big mm-hmm. booming kind of voice, but I kind of wish she would have done just a little bit more with it. Personally. Like more variation. A little bit more variation. And I listen yeah. to a lot of her other albums and she never does. I went through oh, her catalog. Oh, nice. Yeah. I tried to give her as much of a chance as I can and figure it out. But I, I think it sounds really good. It's just, um, I kind of wish they she would have done just a little bit more with it. Even, even though, you know, this came out in 2010 and this mm-hmm. was her second album and she did produce it on her own. I was just going to say, I was like, I wonder if she works with somebody, you know, like once you get that good collaboration where they can push your art out there more. Right. Or totally. Deepen it in some way. Her influences are Ian Curtis, of course, Lydia Lunch, Diamond Dog Cleus, Robin Gristles, oh. and Swan, which I don't hear much throbbing gristles or swans in her music, but yeah, okay. Or Diamanda Galas. That is like some insane vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you see, the thing is, I think I misread something when I was looking her up, and I thought she went to school for opera singing. So I was expecting her to be doing all these crazy vocal runs, and then I was just kind of like this one thing. And then I looked it up again, and there was nothing to do with that. She went for, like, philosophy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Diamanda Galas might be the opera singer, but also okay. isn't Jarbo more of, like, the opera in there? Swans, like, music? Yeah. And so the reason why she came out with the pop album was because she was a 90s kid. And so she grew up listening to Britney Spears, Mariah Carey. So... Some of her inspirations is Mariah Carey and Christina Aguilera. That's why she came out with the other album that I like, Tyga. (laughs) Which I'm excited to hear. I feel like with um, Stridulum, I haven't heard this album in a long time. Okay. And so when I first re-listened to it, it faded in the background for me. Like it didn't capture at all like I was like oh I was like I like it but it's not like capturing me and then I listened to it a lot because I was actually stuck in traffic and (laughs) we replayed it and I was able to listen to it in the car really loud and I was like oh I do have a few really favorite songs on it okay so let me ask you something how did you find this album first off through friends as per per usual through (laughs) friends someone was like yeah have you heard this before Or did you I ask feel like somebody? They is- played it a lot. And then I was asking around about, you know, I was trying to think of different types of goth music. And I was trying to think of someone more contemporary, which anyone who's actually like really into goth is like probably like, oh my God, like how dare you pick contemporary. Not this other person that we know already of. I'm not in the scene enough to know, but I was thinking, oh, maybe this is an element that can fit into this goth theme. No, I think it perfectly fits in with the goth theme. And I know she was like influenced and she does kind of sound like Susie. So if you like Susie, it's like got kind of like this same vibe about it. I think if I discovered her way back when, maybe, and kind of grew up with her music or watched her grow with all her other music, I probably would have appreciated it more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So let's go through your songs that you okay, like. Okay, a couple of songs. I think the first song, Night, is a really good song. Let's go. 
her kind of epic-y kind of voice. Right. Her voice is absolutely amazing. I feel like I shit on her a lot, but no, it's no, not. No, <laughs> you know no. I mean. we, you know, I think it's what you said is true because that's when I first listened to it again after all these years. I was like, Finn was a very good yeah. description. But she has the capacity. Was it the production? Is this because it was an it's the earlier album? Uh, no, because 2010 electronic music they were making these big sounds. Well, I just wonder, because you said she produced it. Like, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I wonder if she had hooked up with the right producer. It would have elevated her Maybe it would have. And then the other one I really like is Poor Animal. Uh, I, you know what? I had a feeling you were going to say that. Really? Yep. I think this was actually one of my favorite songs because the beat is driving more. <laughs> yeah, it's like dancey. Like yeah, you yeah, can dance exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay. So Night, the song that we just played, for me, it started off as good and then it didn't have that hook that kind of like carried it through. And that's what goes on through this whole entire album. Except for a couple of the songs, like Poor Animal, it does catch you and it takes you along with it. So, yeah. I would agree. And then what's on Tiger that you liked? Did you like anything oh in particular? God, any or? of the songs. I want to hear one. Of, <laughs> okay. I, I haven't listened to okay. it, so now we have to listen to that. When did this album come out? Tiger? It was the fourth album. And so that one came out in 2014. And I'll tell you something. So she was hoping to get more fans from it, I guess. And then it turned off a lot of hardcore old school fans. <laughs> That's the danger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she had to really go back. Oh, she like then, so then after Tiger, yeah, she, she to went go back. back to her more. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. Right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, it's sad, but here we go. Well, why don't we, I'll just pick a random song out of it, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick yeah. Dangerous Days. You're gonna witness all the days You never stood to fight for your name And I will be there unspoken Curious You never were the one for us You never were the one for us And then I just lay
I mean, that's probably the worst song on there too, tell you the truth. Uh, right away, it's like clear, like there's a clearness to her voice that's nice and highlighted. And there's already some variation going on at the sound. Yeah. Like they're choosing. For me, like the beat is fuller where all of her other stuff, I guess now it's kind of more of her signature sound where the kick drum is kind of thin sounding. It's like they took out all the bass out of it. And it's just, it's a little distorted. And then with the long pad sounds. She didn't merge like this poppy kind of vibe to her new stuff. I feel like there's room for her to grow as an artist. I wish, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is almost like a club song, like that you played the sample of. I'm like, she could be like a share, like in that club. Well, that's what she was saying. She loved share. She loved Barbra Streisand. She loved, Mm -hmm. you know, all the 90s pop icons of that era she grew up with that and so this was her kind of nod to it and people hated it well i'm proud i picked her share vibe up because then that makes me feel happy and not off mark because yeah i was like oh i get this she could be you know um being played in clubs all over right and uh, taiga was definitely the album where she's trying to kind of break on over to the other side and Mm -hmm. it just failed Oh, that's such a bummer. It's yeah. a bummer that the pop people didn't like it either. Yeah, even. right. It's very unfortunate because to me, it's very well produced. Like I said, I just played you the worst song. <laughs> <laughs> On accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, overall, I like Zola Jesus, but I think some of it, like if you were making a mix, Zola Jesus song. <laughs> right. And I think she is good. She is a really good modern goth contemporary artist. I just wish she would expand more. And when she did, people on her. And it's it's very unfortunate. Yeah. It's hard to be a musician. (laughs) That's the thing with uh, electronic music. You're always trying to do something a little bit different or follow the trend of whatever something new is happening. So if dubstep is not making it or the end thing, then you got to move on to trap or whatever. Or you could be like Tipper and just do whatever the hell you want and people just love it because he just always makes something new. Or it seems like with a lot of just regular kind of rock music or pop music, they want you to sound like that and they always go there to hear certain hits. Unfortunately, they want you to play that song that's 20 some odd years old and you wrote it when you were a teenager because they love that song. And even though you might hate it, but you have to go out there and play it. Yeah, no, it is. It stifles people. And it's disappointing that I get it. Like there's certain albums you're going to like and you want to hear it and you like that time in that artist's life when they created it and it fit for you. But we have to like give them a little cred to grow and change and expand and experiment without getting so angry. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, it's unfortunate. To me, it's really weird seeing that there is this divide between electronic music and regular music or kind of contemporary pop music or rock music. Whenever this band is coming out with some new album, most people always hate it. They don't want to ever grow with the artist. They just want to hear whatever it is. And then if they become very one-dimensional, say like ACDC, where they're always coming out with the same exact album 
they've been doing it for 50 years now or whatever. The newer stuff, people don't like it because it just sounds the same. Oh, God. It's like you can't win. <laughs> you can't win. Just do what you want. Yeah. Just make the music you want to make. I, I recommend people to check out Zola Jesus. Yeah, definitely. I think everybody should check out Taiga because to That's me, what I'm gonna do it's next. really it good. Rad. <laughs> yeah. The one that we're talking about and re- reviewing, you should check it out too. I think it sounds good all together as a whole piece. For some reason, it was like the first album where I couldn't just pick out one because it was just so one-dimensional for me. But as mm-hmm. a whole piece, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's short. It's only like 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you said, you were driving in a car listening to it. It would probably be the perfect album for that. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Or if you're kind of just in the subway or riding your bike and you just want to kind of go away not pay attention to anybody, she would take you to her world. Mm-hmm. So, but you should check it out just to see what newer goth could be or can be. Pick it up. <laughs> Listen to on Spotify. You don't have to buy anymore. You don't. Just listen to it. Listen to it. <laughs> Look it up on YouTube. That's one thing that kind of irritates me about the way some people listen to music. I have many friends who only stick to one thing, even though we could listen to anything, watch anything, get most information online, but they'll only listen to one thing. And that's where it's going to stunt your knowledge of music. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like don't stick with your same 20 CDs. (laughs) I learned Spotify. It's on my phone. I learned it. You learned it. I don't learn everything about it yet, but um, it's it's there. You can have access to a lot of music that way and try it out. It's Goth Month. You got to, if you don't know Zola Jesus, you have to. Yeah, I believe you should. At least once a day, I pick a category and I listen to it. I think of all these different bands I've always wanted to listen to, and I listen to it. You're good. I'm more <laughs> in the camp of like, I listen to one thing over and over until you send me something else. <laughs> Maybe it's part of my ADHD or something. Or, <laughs> it's good. It's good. It mixes it up. I remember when I was a kid, and we, there wasn't this information highway out there and I go to say Tower Records or whatever and there are all these albums I always wanted to hear but I could only pick one or the other so it's cool to go listen to everything and go okay this is pretty cool all right I don't know about this when did they start doing the thing too where you could listen in the store to a couple songs oh god that had to be do you remember that yeah I do that had to be what in the mid or early 90s, right? That started yeah. happening. Or you'd punch in a number or something yeah. weird like that. Sometimes you could scan it and there's, something would pop up. You could listen to a little sample of it. That's how life used to be. Pre-Spotify. You had yeah. to like go to a store and hope like two or three songs would be previewable. That's right. Okay, okay. I think I know what you mean because they would have the albums right there Mm-hmm. And right below it would be something that you could listen to and you could pick out the thing. And that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it was all. like the newest whatever. Yeah, that was it. I went through a whole bunch of punk rock and it made me realize how poorly produced punk rock is. And whenever it's 
really well produced, it sounds like it just sounds too good. You can't have really well produced mm-hmm. punk rock. It has to have a certain amount of camp and awfulness to it for it to be good. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so weird. I used to listen to punk rock, but it's what everybody else listened to. So when I listen to, like, say, Minor Threat or Black Flag, I don't have any nostalgia for it. So listening to it just sounds like to me. You know, like because I mean? now, like now, it's you on. listen to it, yeah. And back in the day, it sounded crappy because you were running things on tape or you recorded mm-hmm. it. And so the tape would make it sound even worse. And so it sounded kind of good or whatever. Now everything's clean. And so you listen to it. It's like, oh, God, this yeah. is bad. It was music made for a certain time, for a certain energy. Right. Or right. who you were. That's how I feel about some of the Riot Girl music. I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a long time. We might have to I choose one. Well, what was it? X-Ray Specs would probably be a good, like, X-ray sex is great. I think they have. Yeah, they're great. Up the test but no, for of time. sure. We're gonna have to review one of their albums one of these days. Yeah, I'd love, love to. Or Latigre, <laughs> or Adam and the Ants. That'd be another oh, one. Oh, yes. Yeah, we're already planning ahead. <laughs> I know. Brewing ideas are brewing. I mean, there's unlimited amount of music on Spotify. Even more probably on YouTube, even though sometimes the quality is not as good. So I recommend you all just go out there and listen to something different that you don't have in your regular wheelhouse of music. Just yeah, go, go on a musical expand. adventure. Yes, exactly. That's what this podcast is all about. Going on musical adventures. Yes. Listen to something you never would listen to in the first place. And try not to listen to it every single day like me. I would still <laughs> be listening to Black Star every single day if I didn't have this. Oh, <laughs> Black Star is good. I still go back to it. Anyway, you could find me on all social medias. Just look up Glitch Unicorn. Yeah, I'm friends with Takeshi on all of the platforms. <laughs> and then <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Sister Santos. All right. See you next week. 